In this episode of 2000 Books, three steps to building powerful, productive habits that really stick. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books, where we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs. Books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, self-help, and much more. And I'm your host, Manny Vaya. So as entrepreneurs, it's really important to create powerful, productive habits rather than depend on fleeting motivation to get stuff done. And that's why I wanted to talk about today's book, Mini Habits, with its author, Stephen Geis. The subtitle of the book is Smaller Habits, Bigger Results. And this book has over 500 ratings on Amazon, which speaks volumes of its popularity. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Manny. It's good to be here. Thank you. And uh, would you please give us like a, maybe a, really short story of your life and what led you to this book. Okay, so the short version is that I went to college, got a degree, I couldn't get a job for a year, and I decided to start a blog just about personal growth because that was an interest of mine, and I wrote about that on my own just for fun. And originally, I didn't really plan anything for the blog specifically but then I learned that some people can make money through the blogs and (laughs) after two and a half years of mostly not getting anywhere I had a bit of a breakthrough and got about 4,000 subscribers and then eventually I released my book Mini Habits and it did really well and I make a living off of books and courses now. That's right. And uh, I think there's a story behind how you stumbled upon many habits. Uh, so we'll go into that as we get into the book. Um, would you give us like a 10,000 feet overview of the book? What, how How is this book laid out? What, what should we expect from the book? Sure. So the basic premise of the book is that small steps are really powerful and that habits are the best way to leverage this power. So the main thing people tend to do is set large, impressive sounding goals. And then they'll generally fall short of them and repeat this and just cycle through it. They'll get motivated and fail and then try again. So mini habits is a different approach in which you aim for something that you can definitely do, such as one push up a day. That was my first mini habit. And you aim for consistency over quantity. So you do this thing every day and really good things happen from that. Got it. So let's, let's jump right into the, right into the meat of the book. Uh, uh, and we always talk about the top three ideas from the book. So I'll let you start with the, the first one. And maybe if you have a story with it or whichever way you want to go with it. Sure. So the first idea is that motivation, while it's the most popular action strategy in personal development. And you can tell that by just the number of podcasts and books and just the popularity of those on different places. Like motivation is the number four best-selling <laughs> Amazon category in nonfiction. And yet they don't even have a category for say discipline or willpower. And I believe that discipline and and the willpower side of things where you're forcing yourself to do something if you don't feel like doing it is the better way to go because it's more controllable. The second idea is that... 
before we before we go move on to the second one, let's just talk about the first one. Um, you're sure. saying you know motivation is not necessarily the best strategy to take action because anytime we start depending on motivation, the outcome is kind of up in the air because you don't know when you will get motivation, right? Yeah, that's right. Motivation is fickle and it fluctuates every day. But then we also, like, you know, all these authors or all the books talk about how you can motivate yourself and you can, you know, pump yourself up. But what you're saying is that's usually... A not not a winning strategy because it cannot be sustained over long term. Yeah, it's it's tricky because you can sometimes generate motivation. I'm not going to say that it never works. The problem is that it works sometimes, but other times you won't be you won't even be motivated to motivate yourself if that makes sense. Because in order to get motivated, you have to desire to get motivated. And so there are times when you'll lose the battle before it's begun because you don't even care to get motivated. <laughs> so, but again, on the other side, the flip side, willpower itself, willpower is a very fleeting resource, as we know. So what you're saying is we need to use willpower and discipline. But then I guess there's something else we're going to talk about, which would lead us to say that we don't need that much willpower, is it? Yeah, see, it's it's a logical pro- progression. If if you're not using motivation as your main strategy, you're going to have to rely on your willpower some. And as you said, studies have shown that willpower is a limited resource. So there's another problem in our way. However, with the mini habit strategy, that it's based around minimizing the willpower cost of action. So it costs a lot less willpower to make yourself do one push-up than to do a hundred push-ups. Okay. Are we leading into the second idea here? Is that is that? Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> okay. What is it? What is the second thing? That willpower is more effective, and that small steps are the best way to utilize your willpower. It's the best return on investment. And when you say small steps, you, the terminology you use in your book, which is really fun, it's called stupid small action, right? Tell yeah. us about that. So the idea is if an action sounds stupid to you, then it's probably a good size because it, it means you can definitely do it. So when I tell people about the many habits concept and throw out one push-up a day, they're like, what? What's the point of doing that? And that makes it a good mini habit because it's it's so small that you can't resist it. I say it's too small to fail. How did you how did you stumble upon this one push up a day thing? Well, I I went through the whole process we just talked about. I I started out I wanted to exercise one day and I wasn't motivated. I I couldn't get myself motivated to do it either. That's the the sometimes effect of motivation. Sometimes it it just won't work. So then I was left with willpower and I didn't have enough willpower either. So I, I hit a wall and so I just started brainstorming and I read a book called Thinker Toys by Michael Machalko and one of the creative problem-solving thinker toys he talks about is called False Faces where you consider the opposite of what you're currently thinking. So I was trying to do a 30-minute workout, and in my mind, it was a Mount Everest, just really intimidating goal in front of me. So I thought about the opposite of that in terms of how difficult it was for me to do it. So one push-up came to mind, and I thought it was ridiculous too, just to think of it. But after not 
being able to do anything, I said, well, all right, one push-up is better than zero, I suppose. So I went down and I did my push-up. And since I was already in push-up position, I did a few more. And then I did the same thing with pull-ups. And then I ended up doing one of those uh, like 10-minute ab ripper workouts on YouTube. And I had gotten my 30-minute workout by aiming for one push-up because of momentum, which is another, probably the third key takeaway. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, we're talking about Newton's first law here, right? Um, yes. That an object in, object at rest continues to stay at rest. By the way, I used to study physics and electrical engineering. So like, this is something I, I think about all the time in many ways. It's been a long time, but still. So an object at rest continues to stay at rest and an object in motion continues to stay in motion until an external force is applied. So what you did was you got yourself just a little bit in motion and uh, that was good enough to get you rolling, right? Yeah, that's when I really noticed the power of this concept. Just to start off with one push-up and and get a 30-minute workout from it suggests that there's definitely a Newton's Law in effect. Right. And you had something else. Like what you did was you actually tricked your brain. You you talk about that in the book as well, right? How the basal ganglia doesn't really defend against the small steps. It's almost like Newton's law of motion uh, again in action. When you are static, it's very difficult to take action. But if you just take a small step, then the brain doesn't really interfere with that small step. And it'll allow you to do that. And as you start doing that, you just keep on gaining momentum, right? That's right. I, I like to think of it as a Trojan horse technique because... It's like the the basal ganglia, it's your subconscious and it has its ways that it wants to do things. And your conscious mind is how you typically identify yourself, your identity from. And whenever you want to do something that you don't really feel like doing, which is mostly based on your subconscious, that's when you, you kind of inquire to your subconscious like, hey... Let's do this. And it might say like, uh, sorry, <laughs> that's too much. But if you say something like one push up, I like to think that that gets you into the control room because now you're actually doing this, this activity that can lead to a much bigger thing. And it, it bypasses those defenses. So yeah, the brain has a built-in inertia, right? It, it wants... It wants to stay where it is. It wants to continue to do its usual things. That's why habits are so dangerous because we're so used to doing them. And uh, what you're saying is we don't need to overhaul the whole habit at one go, but just do this one little thing, get yourself in motion. And after that, it's fair game, right? Yeah. And there are really two ways that this can benefit you. One way is by doing more reps, I call them bonus reps, in any session that you begin. So if you're aiming for one push-up a day or 50 words a day, you can always do 10 or 20 push-ups or write half of a book in a single day if you want. There's no ceiling in many habits. It's just you have to meet that minimum. And of course, the second part of many habits is the actual formation of the habit. You're literally forming a mini-sized habit because you're repeating it every day. And upon habits, you can build more of that behavior. That was, let me rephrase that. Habits are the best foundation for more behavior in any area. 
Right. So, so what you're saying is, uh, you like get started with the small steps, but then also repeat them consistently over time to establish this habit. Because if you just do thousand pushups one day and then don't do them for the next five days, you're screwed. Really, you're not going to really build that habit, right? That's right. It doesn't decrease your resistance like a habit does, and that's really important. So we have to break down the resistance every single day when it comes to something like that. Like every single day, we have to go and fight our demons or whatever it may be in order to get ourselves to um, create this habit in the long term, for the long term, right? So another thing that, uh, another thing just related to this, you, you said in the book was like, you have, you get this winning feeling, right? This feeling of success when you're doing this, when you're taking these small actions, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, are you really feeling like you're winning or are you just telling yourself, even though you just, all you did was one push-up? Like, how is that winning? What's going on here? That's a really good question because it is just one push-up. But the success is not about how much you're doing. It's really reframing your whole mindset, the way you look at, at life and the goals you set. The success is that you set a goal and you met the goal. That, that alone is enough to give you a small feeling of victory because you intently aimed for it and you achieved it. It's not the same feeling of climbing Mount Everest, but it is significant, especially when you're doing it every day. I call it success cycling, where you're just not failing to reach your goals anymore. Got it. It's small success, but that success will give you a feeling that says, okay, I can do more of it, or I, I, I feel successful. I can, I can push on this even more now. Yeah, it, it ties into self-efficacy, which is your belief that you can influence outcomes. A lot of people today have very low self-efficacy because they set goals and they fail to reach their goals and then they'll set another goal and they'll fail to reach it. And it just cycles their self-efficacy lower and lower because they're trying to do things, but they're not able to do them. So this is a self-efficacy generating machine in that you're frequently setting these targets and you're constantly hitting them really boosts your confidence and helps you to achieve more in whatever area your mini habit is in. Got it. So let's jump into more actionable part of this equation. And as we talked about earlier, there is no learning without action. So would you provide us like three specific steps, maybe three exercises, three homeworks, whatever, whichever way you want to look at it, so that our listeners or readers of your book will find ways to implement the technology you have? Sure. So the basic process of forming a mini habit and doing it is to think about a habit that you would like to form. And it can be a full-size habit, or it can even be a general goal. So say you want to get in shape, then you can convert that into, okay, I want to go to the gym for 30 minutes a day. So that's, that's a full-size habit. And you can minify that by, in this case, you could say, I just need to show up at the gym X times per week. Or you can do what I did, which is one push-up a day, and that decreases your general resistance to exercising. So that's what I did for six months, one push-up a day. After that, I started going to the gym. And today, two and a half years later, I go to the gym five to six days a week. So first step was to identify the big goal that you have 
or the habit that you want to create. And second is to identify what are the controllable measures you can take in place and really break it down to the point where you say, okay, this is the smallest stupid action I could take to make progress on this, right? Yeah, the key of the mini habit is to make it really small, but also large enough that it starts the process of whatever that is. And I have an example of uh, not doing that. A reader wrote me an email and said, many habits aren't working for me. I, I've been writing one word per day. <laughs> I only have seven words after a week. And the reason is because one writing one word doesn't really take any thought. You can write the. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't start the process of writing, which is why I aim for 50 words per day. And that, that's about a paragraph. It gets your, your thoughts moving in that direction. So whatever is your threshold of comfort and failure, that's where you want to be, like just before failure, but inside your comfort zone. So that'll get you to act on that. Right. And what would be the third thing they could do? Maybe a way to consistently reproduce it or use some system to track it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tracking is also pretty important. Um, and one reason is the the feeling you get from completing a goal and like writing a check or clicking a box if you're using an app. Uh, the way that I did it was a big calendar, one of those big desk calendars. I just write a giant check for each day that I completed all of my mini habits. I had three. It's the Seinfeld uh, calendar, are we talking? Yeah, a similar concept to that where your goal is to not break the streak. And so when you see on your calendar... X's or checks, whatever you decide to write, and you just see that streak, you don't want that blank box there. Right. Did you describe the Seinfeld calendar in your book, or is it just something that I guess you and I are both aware of because it's been around for so long? I did actually mention that. Okay. Um, so so the three steps that you said were, first of all, let's identify the big goal, the, the big outcome or the big habit you want to create. The second is break it down to the smallest possible action you can take, but also something that is viable, something that actually makes you do something meaningful. And the third thing is find a way to track it so it gives you some sort of feedback that you're on the on the path. And one of the ways to do it is use a Seinfeld calendar, which is just crossing out every day you do the action. That's right. Perfect. Okay, well, that is awesome, awesome advice. Now, at this time, I'll just uh, let you tell us how to get hold of you and what are your new ventures and what all you've been up to and how our readers can benefit from what you're doing. Okay, so my main blog, which everything I do kind of funnels through, is deepexistence.com and Mini Habits and my newest book, how to be an imperfectionist or both on Amazon. And currently I'm thinking about working on a actual fiction project. Nice. Yeah. So um, thank you very much, Stephen. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Manny. By the way, a lot of you have asked me as to how I'm able to absorb seven books a week. Well, I do read a lot, but a lot of my learning happens as a result of listening to audiobooks while I'm working out, driving, running, doing errands, all sorts of things. So it is a great way to use my extra time. And if you want to use your extra time by listening to a great audiobook for free, head on over to 2000books.com free and sign up for an Audible subscription. The first book is free and you can cancel any time. So 2000books.com free. 
So have you ever wanted to sit down with a really successful entrepreneur and ask him to tell you real war stories of how he got from zero to first tail to $100 to $1,000, $10,000 to $1 million, $10 million, $100 million, or even a billion dollars? That's what my friend Andrew Warner is doing at Mixergy, and I absolutely love it. He has interviewed some of the biggest names in the startup world, founders of Dropbox, Wikipedia, Udemy, Airbnb, Groupon, and a lot more. So Andrew really loves to drill into the details of his interviews. For example, when he was interviewing the co-founder of Udemy, Gagan Bayani, Andrew really drilled into how Gagan helped Udemy get traction. Why did they fail for a whole summer to get any customers? How did they find a partnership? How did they make their first major sale using a live event? Why did they only break even after the event? What exactly did they do after the live event so that they got real traction? What were the exact steps? This is what I love. And you have to check out Mixergy at Mixergy.com to get all the details. There are over 1,000 interviews and courses in every imaginable startup topic. Now, Mixergy's annual membership is $399, but for this launch of 2,000 books, Andrew has been very kind to give away three annual Mixergy memberships. And you can win one of those three annual Mixergy memberships worth $399 each. Just head on over to 2000books.com launch and you will have all the details as to how to enter the launch contest. <laughs> 